Welcome to season three of the ASCA Viewpoints podcast, the podcast where we talk about the student conduct profession in higher education. I'm Alexandra Hughes, your Viewpoints host. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the ASCA Viewpoints podcast. As always, I am your host, Dr. Alexandra E. Hughes, and I hope that this podcast finds you well wherever you are in the world. Um, So today I want to talk about witnesses. Really, I want to talk about the weight that we are giving to witness statements from people that we truly believe would not be lying to us. I know this is scandalous. So I guess I better back up and kind of explain. I understand that all of us kind of generally accept the fact that when students come to our office and they say, oh, well, I want to provide 27 different character witness statements for my hearing that talk about how I could never, would never do X, Y, Z, I don't know, situation. (laughs) I think all of us really recognize, okay, Okay. We, we know 27. Okay. Of course we kind of, you know, let those go and say, no, you can't do that. I think as a general kind of statement, all of us also recognize that when we're trying to get witnesses from parties and was someone there or what happened and drinking and again, the weight that we put into it, you know, it's questionable, right? I think kind of overall as a field, we recognize that. And so we kind of just give that the weight that they, you know, kind of deserve. Now in Title IX cases, I know that this can really truthfully uh, make a difference, right? And who said what, and she said what. And so a lot of times you really do have to get into the nitty gritty of kind of those, those cases and what happened, especially when they're really kind of like high priority cases or, you know, really just high level type of cases that we're looking at, but I'm not talking about those. What I'm talking about is our ability to trust and to innately trust witnesses that we believe would not be giving us wrong information. So I mean, trained staff, trained faculty, trained student staff, Uh, police officers, housing people, uh, registrars. I mean, you name it, but anybody that we genuinely believe would not be lying to us because of their invested interest in the process and the institution, or we even know them, right? Now, let me pause here. I'm not saying that this person is lying. So let me again say that I'm not asking you to question if this person is lying or not telling you the truth. Instead, I want to look at it from the lens of reliability of eyewitness statements. Because if we know that eyewitness statements cannot always have everything, not intentionally, but just because of memory, how many times are the cases that we're deciding off of someone that we believe could never tell us wrong information, negatively impacting students because that person maybe didn't get the whole story. 
I know. I want you to think about that. Um, I can truthfully admit that as someone who was a former residence life person who trained all of the RAs and even when I go talk to RAs nowadays, right. And I go over to housing and say, Hey, look, your RAs, I still say the same thing. And I still say it from this Avenue of you are the resident assistant you know, you are going to have to be giving me top quality material. I'm going to believe what it is that you're saying when you write this incident report. I still say all that. Don't get me wrong, because I want them to understand the, uh, really understand the, the weight of the job that they're doing. But I do always, I look at it with kind of like a grain of salt And I think it's because of a situation that I went through years ago. And I kind of want to explain that if I can. So when I was in college, I was in my junior year of college before my senior year, I was a part of um, housing and residence life. And so housing and residence life at that particular time at the institution where I was had a senior resident assistant position because they did not have grads. Of course, we didn't realize we were doing like free labor, right? Like we were doing the work of grad assistants who grad assistants are doing free labor, (laughs) the work of, you know, area coordinators, right? But um, at the time, you had to apply your junior year um, after being in housing uh, to be an SRA, a senior resident assistant. And so that's what I did. I did it. I got the position. I was super, super excited. And so, you know, with that, I know we just had to kind of close out the end of my junior year as far as housing. And that summer I'd start getting trained as SRA and, you know, whatever, I don't know, whatever it was. So my junior year, April of my junior year, one weekend, um, I distinctly remember this and, uh, (laughs) It was a weekend and my best friend and I, who ironically enough, we are still best friends to this day. Um, shout out to my best friend who's like a lawyer in South Carolina. I love you, Haley. Anyways, um, <laughs> we were in college at the time and we decided to go to the mall during the day and we found some cute clothes. I remember finding this like cute little dress or whatever. And we bought the outfits. And of course, since we bought the outfits, we wanted to go out in the outfits. And both of us had boyfriends at the time. Now, neither one of those men are the men that we're with today, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so her and I are still best friends. I don't know what they're doing, but not the story. Okay. The story is we wanted to go out. And so we asked our boyfriends, they said, yes, you know, we wanted to go. And so we ended up going out on a double date that evening. We went to double date off campus, you know, hung out, talk, uh, talked and, you know, drove around, whatever it was after, you know, going to dinner, um, went downtown, just kind of just had a really good time. Came back. Um, I don't know what else I did that weekend. Hopefully studied, probably, you know, probably should have did that as a college student. Right. And, and that was really the end of it. 
So Monday morning, I get a phone call from one of the supervisors at the time who asked me to come to her office. Of course, I came to her office, didn't think anything of it because, you know, you're constantly in and out in housing and residence life. And she proceeds to kind of like question me. And basically she asks, you know, what I did, recounts my night, asks, you know, what I was doing that night. Where was I? What happened? What was I wearing? Like the whole nine. She then proceeds to tell me that uh, one of her senior resident assistants at that time, um, because if you remember, I was still a junior. And so that, you know, those seniors had to graduate and we'd be coming in that next year. One of her senior resident assistants saw me at a fraternity house party that particular uh, night of the (laughs) double date that I had with Haley. And so I asked her, I'm like, what are you talking about? I never was never there, you know, kind of the whole nine. And she said, well, you know, uh, my senior resident assistant saw you wearing uh, jeans and a T-shirt and she saw you in the kitchen at this particular fraternity house. And so when they always got there to kind of shut the whole thing down, you know, you were there, you didn't say anything, the whole thing. I was distraught. I was like, what do you mean? I wasn't there. I mean, I was just completely taken aback. I was just shook. And so she proceeded to tell me, you know, look, like you're going to lose your opportunity as a senior resident assistant. We're so disappointed in you. You know, you were there, you're representing us. Uh, Every terrible thing, right, that you can imagine. I mean, you know, as far as like my whole entire, at that point, I thought my future, right? Right. Um, and kind of how it was just like, you know, I can't believe that you would do this. So of course I leave there, I'm crying, I'm calling my best friend, I'm calling my mom, I'm calling, you know, my boyfriend, everyone like, oh my goodness, like what is going on there? This is what I'm being told. I wasn't there. How could this girl say that she saw me there when she didn't see me there? We were downtown. Like, I mean, the whole thing think, right? Now, luckily, um, I had, um, a particular person on staff that, you know, uh, really who is to this day, one of my mentors, um, you know, someone that I love very much, uh, who like really advocated for me and was like, no, like, I'm going to believe, you know, what you're saying, whatever, whatever kind of, you know, that type of thing. Um, I remember asking the senior resident assistant and going to talk to her and saying, why would you say you saw me there when you did not see me there? Because I wasn't there. Are you out against, like, do you have it out for me? Like, did I do something to you? Like, why why would you do this? And why would you say this? The senior resident assistant, she was adamant, like, uh, well, you know, I just reported what I saw. I don't know what you're talking about. You know, it's not up to me. And, you know, I think thinking back now, I'm sure probably staff told her that if I did come talk to her, just, you know, basically say it's out of her control. And so I respect that. I'm not mad at that. You know what I mean? I'm being on this side of it. I get it. But at that time, I was furious. I was furious. I was like, how could you say this? How could you do this to me? Why would you lie on me and say that I was there when you and I both know that I was not there? Like, why would you do this to me? (laughs) Now, here's more information to this story. I went to a predominantly private white institution in South Georgia, number one. Number two, I was 
one of very few black girls um, that went to the institution and who were in residence life at the time. Okay. I say that to share a few things. Um, and, you know, I think about this as someone who has done a lot of work with um, research on bias, on um, race and everything else. And this will, I promise I'll make sense. I share that because I think it played into the who, the what, the where, the when, the why, and how I ended up getting, you know, kind of put into this situation and, and what happened and why I was there. Right now, fortunately, after this whole thing kind of came out, um, you know, like I said, my mentor stood up for me. I did not lose my position. I didn't, you know, none of that. Um, but I really, it was tough. It was really tough for me initially because I was basically being accused of doing something that I didn't do. And then it was thought that I was lying about something that I was not lying about. Right now, the information kind of came out later, um, later on. And then, you know, everyone, it, it people apologized and kind of the whole thing, you know, basically to say, look, like, we're sorry that we didn't realize, you know, and, and, and kind of everything was good, right? Everything was good. Everything's copacetic. I don't harbor any like bad feelings or anything like that, you know, as far as with the supervisor who, you know, thought that I was, you know, not telling the truth and, and all of these things. So it's not this, this is not that at all. Right. The reason why I'm sharing this story and why I think it's so important is because if it wasn't for my mentor, whom believed in me and just kind of stood by me, I wouldn't have been able to keep that opportunity because that other supervisor believed her senior resident assistant. Now, let me give you some more information. What the housing staff didn't know was that on campus, there was another black girl who resembled me to the point of where we called each other twin on campus. Now her and I are not related, but we had the same height, the same build, the same skin tone, the same kind of hairstyle. We even dressed the same. It was to the point to where there were other even black students on campus who would say, Oh, I saw you. And I'd be like, no, you didn't, you didn't see me. You, you, you saw Kier. You didn't see me and vice versa. So that's how her and I ended up, uh, becoming, you know, friends and familiar with each other and, and, you know, and whatever it may be because of the fact that so many times people were like, oh, she's your twin. Now I was a grade level, I think above her. And so when I was a junior, she was a sophomore. Um, and I know she's off doing great things. Um, you know, today she's like a doctor, like a medical doctor and doing a bunch of stuff. So nevertheless, I ran into her on campus and when I ran into her on campus, not like that, that next week or so, for some reason, I happened to ask her, Kira, what were you wearing? Did, number one, let me back up. I said, Kira, did you go to that particular fraternity Kappa party on campus? And she said, oh yeah, I was there. I said, oh, you were there. Were you, were you there when the party kind of got shut down and the RAs came and everyone else and all that stuff. And she was like, Oh yeah, I was there. I was there when, you know what I mean? When, when they got there and I said, oh, okay. I said, well, can you like talk to me about that? Or like, where were you or what happened and all that stuff? She's like, Oh yeah, they came in and, um, 
we were all hiding, trying to like, you know, hopefully they wouldn't like, catch all of us because it was way too, it was too many people and not enough RAs. And I said, oh, okay, fair enough. I said, well, do you remember what you were wearing? She said, oh yeah, I was wearing a dark colored uh, t-shirt, a black t-shirt and some jeans. And I said, huh, black colored t-shirt, jeans and sneakers. Well, it was alleged that I was wearing a dark colored shirt, jeans and sneakers. And I said, well, Kira, where were you? Oh, I was off in the kitchen. I was in the kitchen trying to make sure that they didn't, you know, I didn't have to say anything. I said, oh, okay. I hugged her and continued on my way. I share that to say, I genuinely think that the senior resident assistant saw Kira. I do not think that she, well, I know for a fact she saw me. I don't know if she saw, I don't know if she saw Kiera. Um, I don't know if she saw another, you know, young lady that looked like me. Um, but I do genuinely with everything in my soul, think that she saw her. And the reason why I talk about that is like this. We learned that eyewitness testimony is questionable. It's questionable in a lot of different ways. And we have to rethink the reliability of it, right? When it comes to our justice system, when it comes to memory, when it comes to the things that we believe that we're seeing. What I think that happened at a school where it was a predominantly private institution and this is particular senior resident assistant, she was, uh, she was a young white lady. I truly believe that she saw Kiera and she thought she saw me. Now at this party, it was a Kappa Alpha Psi fraternity party, which is a uh, historically black, right? A uh, Greek letter organization. And so as a result, there is, there were, and I can guarantee um, a, probably a large amount of black people at that particular uh, party. A lot of times the different um, black Greek letter uh members from campuses around ours would come when there were parties. And I know this because I have been to the parties, right? I just wasn't at that one, right? So I was never at that one, but I have been to other parties, right? In the past, I'm not even going to lie, but I was not at that one. That's the, that's the important part. And so a lot of them come, a lot of them, you know, are there on campus. It's kind of like a place for people to congregate, truthfully. And the reason I avoided those was because I was an RA. When I became an RA, especially a senior RA, I had to avoid those places, those parties, all that stuff, because, you know, I didn't want to be a part of it. I, I didn't want to have to be there. I did not want a situation like this to happen. Right. So I think that she saw Kiera. I think that she saw Kiera at this uh, with a bunch of black people at this house. And I think that she thought that she saw me. Now, here's the reason I say this. I don't mention race and color to say that I believe she had nefarious or negative intentions. I don't. I genuinely believe that she thought that she saw me. And as a result, I genuinely believe that she felt she was being truthful when she told her supervisor. I have to believe that. Is there the possibility that she could have had bad intentions? Sure. But I don't, I don't truly believe that in this day and time. I genuinely believe that she thought that she saw me. The problem was because eyewitness memory and testimony is unreliable, what she thought she saw, she didn't. 
And because she didn't see that, it put me in a situation where I almost lost, uh, you know, my, and I don't want to say career, but truthfully, I started in housing and residence life and continued on, you know, my journey when it comes to student affairs. I believe that when even I confronted that supervisor and I said I was not there, that supervisor at the time could not fathom that her senior resident assistant, whom she trusted, trusted explicitly, could be lying. And I wasn't saying that she was actually I was saying that she was lying at the time. She's lying. I wasn't there. But now I look back and I realize that it didn't have to be an or but rather it could have been an and. And I know this sounds crazy, but just stick with me here. I genuinely believe that it could have been an and, that that senior resident assistant saw me there, thought she saw me there, and I'm telling the truth that I was not there. She was telling the truth and I was telling the truth. Because I do genuinely believe that she thought she was telling the truth. But unfortunately, that was not, the mindset, the process, even the, the thoughts that came into, I guess, you know, um, that particular supervisor's head at the time, you know, of course I was a junior in college, so I did not have the experience (laughs) or even the language to say what it is that I'm saying today. But I think it's so important. And I share that story, um, you know, with everyone because It's important that we look at the people that are bringing us information and not from a lens of, oh, you're lying to me, but truly sitting there and questioning and making sure that is it possible that they could have gotten something wrong, right? Think about an RA. I think about, you know, you have a resident assistant, um, call it what you want, but she's there. She, there only might be a a few other RAs there. There's a lot of people there at this particular house party on campus. I mean, your adrenaline is rushing. You're trying to see everyone that's there. You're trying to make sure the police can come. They have to shut it down. You have to wait. It's people, it's alcohol. You got to get rid of it. There's report writing. I mean, we've all been there, right? When we have to shut down parties, we've been there. Those of us who've worked in housing, we've been there and we know what that's like. There's so much going on. Um, I just want us to think about this and I ask that you think about my story um, and you know what, maybe you have a story similar to mine or whatever it is, but I just ask that you think about that kind of moving forward or in the future when it comes to witnesses and the malleability of memory and the possible tragic consequences that can result from that when you're doing your investigations. I'm not saying that you don't use it, you don't consider it, you don't, you know, it's important. But what I am asking you to do is please take a second, a third, a fourth look at it. Please play devil as devil's advocate, even if it's, you know, not to that person, but to yourself in your head. And I'm not asking you to question, right? Like the decisions that you're making, but I guess in a sense, I kind of am, I'm asking you to question and I'm, and I'm asking you to just, just do a double check, a triple check. Every situation is going to be different. Um, 
point blank period. And we all know that, but think about that in the future. And I just ask that you do think about that when it comes to witnesses, when it comes to, uh, the decisions that you're making due to what someone's adamant that they're saying. If it was not for my mentor, I probably would not have been in this position today because I wouldn't have kept in alignment with student affairs. And I would have been getting blamed and it would have been off of a decision or a someone saying that they saw something that they did not see. So if that means that we have to take a second look, if that means that we have to ask harder questions, if that means that we even have to ask harder questions of those that we truly believe uh, would not tell us things that are wrong, we need to do it. I think just based off of information and the fact that we are constantly having an influx of information and things that are coming into our, you know, our systems, what we're doing, everything that's happening. And a lot of times we don't know that we are going to be the witness to something until after the fact, when we're sitting in front of someone and we're saying, oh yeah, let me recount the situation. I know in certain situations that yes, I'm going to have to remember this, but if we don't know that we're going to have to remember it, then we're not trying to be very careful about what we remember. And that can come across. So just, I use that as kind of like the tip, right. Of the week. I use that as just, um, you know, I want you all to think a little bit more about witnesses, what that means, what that means for your departments, what that means when you train people, what that means when you are going through your investigations, how much weight you're giving to that person, whether it's, you know, for or against, just take that second look, please, because you never know when it's going to make a difference in a particular situation. And so definitely make sure that we're looking at witnesses and, um, recognizing everything that comes with it. So with that, that is this week's episode. I hope everyone enjoyed it. It was really story time with me. So hope you enjoyed hearing a random story about my life. I have like tons of stories (laughs) of crazy situations that I've been through. Um, thank you for getting through the episode and, you know, listening to me as I, as I recount that story. And, you know, I mean, I guess you could argue I was a witness to that story. So, you know, how much of it, right. Um, literally the whole point of this episode, but I do appreciate you, um, sticking along this far. Um, if you didn't know, now you do know, uh, I am on social media. I've made official professional accounts. Um, so please, 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 if you want to be connected for all things, education, motivation, leadership, uh, please follow me. I am on Instagram as well as Twitter, um, at Dr. D R underscore E Hughes. That's spelled H U G H E S. Again, that's going to be D R underscore E like the letter E elephant Hughes H U G H E S on both Instagram as well as Twitter. And then, uh, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, you can do that as well. I finally made a LinkedIn Alexandra E Hughes, as well as we have our ASCA podcast to stuff again, that's ASCA 
podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. So we are on the social medias. You know, I have finally caught up with the world. I'm, I, you probably don't even believe me because I said the social medias, but we're there. Let's connect. Um, I hope that this episode leaves you thinking you are safe in these times. And I look forward to connecting with you on the interwebs. Bye-bye. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Alexandra Hughes. That's me. If you're enjoying the podcast, we ask that you like, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps others discover us and become more visible to our podcasting community. If you have suggestions for future guests or would like to be featured on the podcast yourself, feel free to reach out to us by email at ascapodcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at ASCA Podcast. If you'd like to connect with me on Twitter, you can find me at Alexandra's View. Talk to us. We talk back.